Hi everyone, Rowan Odom here. We're pleased to showcase Vast Horizon, an award-winning audio drama podcast. Join Dr. Nalira Ek, an agronomist, as she awakens on a spaceship en route to populate a new solar system. The ship is plagued by issues, and she seems to be the only living soul on board. She will have to fight tooth and nail in the midst of an uncaring void to survive. The world building is meticulous and expansive, and the complete story awaits you without the need to wait on new releases. Featuring the voices of over 50 actors, an award-winning sound design that will place you in the heart of the action. Find Vast Horizon however you listen to podcasts, or find out more about the show at vasthorizonpodcast.com. Subscribe today to experience new things, new people, and new skies. This episode is brought to you in part by BroadlyEpi.com. Whether you want to level up your public health or programming skills for free, want to rent a scientist, or just keep up to date with some of the latest research in public health, go check out BroadlyEpi.com. They also offer custom software solutions for both quantitative and qualitative data analysis and have some tools ready-made on the website. BroadlyEpi.com. Epidemiology, broadly speaking. Hello, listeners. This is Ty Vaughn, writer for Syntax and voice of Silas Caldwell. I'm thrilled to showcase our sponsors, the exceptional creative software suite, World Anvil. World Anvil is the one-stop shop for tabletop gamers, fantasy and sci-fi authors, or world-building enthusiasts who just can't wait to start getting some thoughts down. This is far from just a wiki editor. They have a number of tools and features available, including world-building templates, an RPG campaign manager, a novel writing and publishing tool, interactive map builders, timeline builders, and more. Your vast web of outlines, character plots, and family trees has a home waiting on World Anvil. Check out the full features using the link below or by visiting worldanvil.com. Subscribe using the promo code in the description of this episode and you'll get 51% off an annual subscription and you'll be directly supporting the creation of TSP Network shows. Thanks in advance for checking it out. Brought to you by Twin Strangers Productions. Have you ever felt so small in the scope of existence that you could fall right through the cracks? That you were this tiny grain clinging to the shore, trying to crawl away from the incoming wave? Think on it. Something is watching you, folding your perception, changing things so subtly, hoping you only notice the creases when you stand still and see them forming. Maybe there are strange broadcasts you run across. Tuning through channels, suddenly our reality has been revised, and nobody has questioned this. Or maybe something has shifted in the world, and yet, 
Nobody seems to be all that concerned. It is watching you, waiting to see when you realize it has changed. Something. Wondering when you will, as its grin widens in anticipation. And then it gets tired of waiting. The messages are no longer on the walls. Jess assured me it isn't magic, but that doesn't make me feel any better. He doesn't sense anything, and Benny Henrik hasn't slept in two weeks. He thought it was me for some reason. But the script was burning out from within the wood of my room until it began to fade back, receding into the nothingness that it came from. The messages are no longer on the walls. They are on my skin. I don't understand how this isn't magic. How can a person alter a room, a body, with no attachment to our world? Chess would sense something. Any kind of physical tampering or any natural alteration in the fabric of our reality. And despite years of documenting cultures, studying, and teaching, Benny... Uh, Henrik has never seen anything like what's been happening here. And they don't even know about the memories. And then there's also that thing that I've been doing. Watched him there for a moment, memorizing the huddled form in the car. I figured it out. How to play these tapes back. So you know what I mean. But maybe I can't blame you for everything? Maybe this is just pent-up anger getting a little out of hand, but... But with all of this, I... I think you have something to do with the things that we've seen. With what's happening to Henrik. And if that's true, you must understand why we'd be fucked if people thought that we had something to do with that entity. Is this some kind of threat. For all I know, you're making me remember these things, right? So you've taken my peace. What else do you want from me? I have nothing left to give you. The things I've done, the ones that I've told you about, they're small details, barely crimes at all compared to endangering an entire town, and what we've found, this new beast, the possibilities it opens up, it could spread. I, I can feel another line of silver prickling up my arm as I record this. Have I met you? I can't imagine a person doing this to someone they've never met. I guess this recording is more for me than for anyone else. So, self, after what happened at the temple, I had a hard time staying at home. Being around dad, I, I made up excuses, anything to get away. I spent a lot more time at the saloon 
than I'd like to admit. I stood under the building's canopy, watching people in white haul yet another casket into the temple. I'd seen at least five that day. Two priests followed, clouds of smoke rising around them. Chiss came over, and I thought he was going to check on me, but he was annoyed. Which was weird. He's not exactly quick to anger. I asked if everything was okay, and he told me that I could fall into the underworld for all he cared. Henrik had told him I was leaving flowers for him at his hotel. Which, I guess, wasn't a good enough apology. Yeah, alright. It's a shitty way to say sorry. Chess told me that if I'd just give Henrik a chance, he could tell me so much about that place. My best guess at the time was that he was a historian. Well, he was training to be a professor before, you know. I still have no idea how old he is. Chess might be the only person who knows how long Henrik's been around. We were in the middle of a surge of infected, and of course, the town came looking for the only vampire who'd stuck around for the fallout. Because beasts, uh, entities, uh, infection survivors, they don't get reinfected by anything. And Chess was making sure nobody else poisoned Henrik with garlic flowers. I ditched the garlic. I was just leaving him lilies of the valley I'd picked up. The casket we were watching apparently held a priestess. One just back from a pilgrimage. She'd been ripped to pieces. So the sheriff was on the case. Which meant it would probably never get solved. He didn't believe Arnell had been attacked. And honestly, he probably didn't even care that a priestess had been murdered. I... I know. I, I know. That doesn't sound like a vampire attack, does it? Because it wasn't. I know that. Now. Chess had warned me before the new lockdown measures that it wasn't vampires. Plus, no one around here would touch the priestesses. But I was... skeptical. Anyway, I figured, why not go ask our favorite professor about- Fuck! How far up my arm are you going to mark? Just as we are ready for many other dangers that are around us all the time. Alright, pen pal. I can't figure out these markings you're leaving on me. But I do still have the letters, and I've had absolutely no luck remembering the ideograms you're randomly dropping in, but the alpha syllabary is much easier for me to pin down. So you should try that exclusively when writing on my skin, you prick. <laughs> Never thought I'd say alpha syllabary outside of work. Okay, this letter I've made some headway on, and the light of the moon, Pierrette. Wait, this is... Can you even actually translate a name? I'm not a linguist, so... 
But am I getting that right? And further down, open your door to me, for God's sake. Are you quoting the fucking winds? Are you kidding me? One looks easier. I've got had little lamb. Isn't that some kind of ancient? Ugh. Give me a goddamned break. Not another one. Here you go, friend. Fuck you. Well, that didn't work, so... Alright, little recorder. Since I'm allowed to be alone again, let's talk more about why I'm leaving everything behind. We did, in fact, go to see Henrik. His room at the hotel was more cramped than the saloon across the street, and the look on his face was like a dying candle. Something fading slowly... Humanity flickering in the dead void of his pale cheeks. He was being real shitty. Asking how I was still alive after all my... I don't usually do this kind of thing. Chess, always our mediator, muttered something about being nice. And Henrik told him he hadn't said it was a bad thing that I was still alive. But... He wanted to know if I'd found somewhere else to stay. You know, even with how weird everything was getting, I didn't want to up and leave Dad. And then Henrik asked if I knew what a tomball was. I wasn't ready to talk about how Arnell might be a doppelganger. I'd searched for documents on it in our local history, only to find a version of what we called a tomball. And the last sighting in our area must have been over a century before. I'm sure you've seen them. Or heard of them. In an apogee? An apogee? An apogee. Ever go on a hike? Lose a friend in the wilds of a place? And then they reappear, just as you'd expect. And you think, oh, thank the gods. And you laugh together over how scary the forest can be. How easy it is to wander off a trail. You return home, holding on to them tighter than you had before you left. And then one day they forget to keep up their facade. You might find them, sitting in silence within a room, upright, staring at an empty wall. But sometimes, I would leave for work in the mornings, digging for more information on the tomball in our area only to come back in the evenings to find my dad sat in the same place, unmoving. This became more and more frequent. In the days after he'd found us at the temple, I checked to see if he was okay, if it was something about Arnell, if he was as scared as I felt. But then he would turn his head, shifting in the slightest jerks, until we were entirely face to face, his smile would form then, 
as if he'd only recalled how to do it. But he'd overcompensate. Miss the details. Let his eyes go too wide. And... Unblinking. Let the center of his face go too sharp. The corners of his mouth coming up too high on his face. Slicing through the hollows of his cheeks. Looking... Beak-like. So? As you might imagine. I couldn't talk to Dad. Makes sense, right? I guess. He's a tomball, you know? My dad is lost. Somewhere in the woods. Back on the peninsula. And... And honestly... The man I'd lived with had taken on the role just fine. But when we started poking around, he just changed. And there's something to that, too. A different kind of loss. Not knowing which face you'll find when you come home. And then knowing you can't go home. Because even if you think the person you love is there, even if you want to believe, things can't really be like they were before their composure vanished. Poof. It's like... It's like there's always something to watch out for. Always a chance for something to shift. I feel like it's the same with me lately, you know? I don't understand why I've done the things I have. I don't know which part of me I'll wake up to sometimes. What part of me others will see. So, I told Henrik that I'd read of the tomball through work. And even with as shitty as I'd been, he asked me to promise I'd see if a co-worker at the academy might have an empty room. He said, Be careful, okay? <sighs> said that I should read more about what could be hiding in our town. Because something strange was happening in that place. Learn what you need to. Keep your wits about you. And... <laughs> uh, he... He smiled. Shaking his head, like this was just another thing to tack onto the strange shit we'd been experiencing. I'd never had a vampire smile at me before, and it's awkward. I think it was then that I genuinely started to feel bad for the first time. I mean, really regretful about the flowers, about poisoning him, the... A whole smiling thing. It was kind of disarming. I told him, All right, Professor Benny, I'll figure it out. He actually laughed, <laughs> telling me he much preferred Henrik. His students called him Henrik, but there he was Benny, taken from Preben. Henrik Preben. So I insisted. I call him Henrik. 
a sort of lame peace offering between us. Much better than giving him a bottle of Ithacac. But, uh, I think he liked that. A piece of himself returned from some place he'd lost it. It's funny how memory works. How you forget things, and every time you try to recall it, it changes bit by bit. Benny. I've been calling him Benny in these recordings. From his reaction the other day, I, I guess that might have hurt. I hope he never finds these tapes, or hears my broadcasts somehow. Especially that second tape. I don't really want him to hear what I was thinking the first time we met. I don't know how I could say some of the things I... Anyway... He caved and said I could call him Henrik. But only because Chess said he trusts me. Chess knew, obviously. But he didn't go around telling people. Henrik asked if I'd ever thought about why Chess started going by Chess over the last year. It was something Henrik had taught him. I'd never heard this at the academy, but I do know it. Vaguely. People connected by magic are so-called entities. They all have their reasons for wanting to know a person's name. So it's a bad idea for any name to be given away for the sake of pleasantries. Oh shit. How do I remove that from this tape? Fuck. Lou, are you alright in there? I'm fine. It's fine. Is she okay? I don't know. Lou, we're worried about you. Sometimes it sounds like you're talking to yourself, and with everything happening to us, I... I said I'm fine. Uh, all right. <sighs> what was I just doing? What is that song? I've heard it so much recently, I think. Maybe the innkeeper's radio? I was using my recorder? Ugh. I messed up the tape somehow. But I was recording this for for myself. Yeah, I remember I remember saying that, but why? A diary? What was I talking about? Oh, we were in a hotel, I think think. Benny and No. He said that it was Hello again, friend. I was wondering when you'd show yourself. Did you think I'd forgotten about you? I could never. Do you remember me? We haven't spoken in some time, so I thought I'd say hello. Let you know I'm here to talk. If you ever need another set of ears, which you do, from what I've heard. I apologize. I interrupted your conversation. Well, I can't stay for long anyway, but I will be here forever, thanks to you. But still, just out of your reach. Where was I? The Radiological Defense Operations Room. A nerve center for survival. There we go. Looks like I fixed it. Hey, I'm getting the hang of this thing. 
so we were at a hotel and right uh, Henrik had mentioned a necromancer I didn't want it to come to that but I I wanted to know where to find one in case he told me that yeah he had mentioned one but he said that I shouldn't dabble in dark magic he kept looking at the stairs I probably should have known earlier but Chess hadn't told me Henrik explained that asking where I could find a necromancer was the wrong question I should be asking when Chess needed to finish his training first <sighs> which is why he couldn't be a vampire or any kind of undead so what I said at the temple Henrik, um, he just stared at the fire beside us, as if he pitied it for trying to keep them warm. And he explained some things I didn't know. Professor's habit, maybe? Uh, when all humanity still held magic, vampires really did look like beasts. Henrik couldn't tell us what his kind looked like, exactly in the time before all of the experiments done on creatures, or on, on people. It wasn't until he tried to settle into a village across the river that he was turned. He wouldn't talk about it, he still doesn't, but I guess he must have been part of an experiment too. So I, I still don't know if it was his choice. But he read about other victims of ours. <laughs> um, I knew most of them from my work. But not all. There were Filipino creatures adjacent to vampires that could pass as regular folk when the sun was out. Nightfall brought out their fangs, and in the moonlight, their bodies split at the waist. Legs abandoned. Dad... My actual dad never told me about these Manonongal creatures, despite being a culture bearer back home. Not a fan of beasts, I guess. He also never told me about the Tombal living in the forest near our home. These creatures that prowled funerals and wakes, fashioned beings sort of like doppelgangers from clay and magic at night they could carry two bodies at a time maybe more on their own but so many of these entities are helpless during the day in their own ways but so is henrik except he can't be in the sunlight for very long before he disintegrates Entirely. He was talking about things I could understand. But something wasn't right about how entities were acting. We had laws that everyone followed, regardless of where they came from. Even the stalkers 
have some kind of agreement with the sheriff. But I knew there had to be a nest. And I, I wanted to know what made it. Needed to know if he thought my brother was in there. Henrik told me he'd scout the area he suspected that night and tell me before he went to rest at dawn. But if I... But if Arnell was in there, I wanted to make sure he got out safely. And even then, I thought that if he was... That if he was dead and something was living in the house with the man that isn't my father... I wanted to know, for certain. I, um, I need to sleep, but, uh, thanks for listening. I just needed someone to talk to. Someone that wasn't there, you know, just... Who are you? I don't remember you telling me your name. Wait, when did you get here? Why are you here? I didn't let anyone in just now. I, I know I didn't. I'd like you to leave. Get out! Does Henrik know you're here? Sorry. Chess asked me to sit outside and I... Did you need something? Are you... Who are you talking to? Where did she go? Henrik, did you see her leave? When you opened the door just now? I didn't see her leave. Chess? She was there and then she wasn't. Why was she here? She just sat there. She listened to me that whole time and didn't say anything, and I... I don't even know... No. Pierrette. Her name is Pierrette. Why does that sound so familiar? How do I know that, Henrik? I've never met her. Have you met her? You have been alone in this room for days. I think you should talk to... Hey, 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 it's okay. She was just here, Chess. She was just here. I don't understand what's happening right now. Happening right now. It's going to be okay. The Moon Crown is a podcast by me, M. Mulder. You can find The Moon Crown Pod on TikTok, Tumblr, and Twitter. Or learn more about the show at themooncrown.com. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.